0: Trust the Lord will help us to apply it to our lives tonight. Amen. am glad to see you, whoever you are and wherever you're from tonight. Do need the Lord's help and appreciate your prayers tonight. In Matthew 15 and in Mark chapter 7, we have the story of the Syrophoenician woman. And I'm not going to read any scripture tonight, but I'll refer to both of those passages if you want to. Hold them there as I look at some of the verses tonight, but I want to talk to you about her if I can. The Syro Phoenician woman. And I want you to notice about her tonight and her story here in the Word of the Lord. Again, it's in Matthew 15 and again in Mark chapter 7. Matthew begins with verse 21 down through 28, and then. Mark chapter 7 begins with verse 24 and goes through verse number 30. The Bible tells us, first of all, that Jesus uh, leaves where he's at, departs to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Or Mark describes it as the border of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, He has been in the land of Gennesaret. And uh, the people have come to him. The Bible said they have brought great uh, multitudes of people for the Lord to touch them and to heal them. And uh, both of the chapters of Matthew 14 and Mark chapter 6 close out with Jesus in this land of Genesaret, and the people bringing all of their sick folks to Jesus And and the Bible said as many as touched him or touched his garment, were made whole. Matthew put it like this, made perfectly whole. So that was going on there in the land of Genesaret with Jesus and his disciples. And then the Bible tells us as we begin chapter 15 and chapter 7 of the Gospel of Mark, that the Pharisees show up. Isn't it amazing? while wow, the Lord's doing miracles and wonderful things that here are the Pharisees, the religious crowd. Uh, here they come. The Bible said they actually come from Jerusalem. And they've not come to observe these miracles or to brag on these miracles or to support Jesus uh, in any way, but uh, they are come... Uh, And the first thing they do is said, uh, Your disciples are not keeping the commandments of God. They're, They're doing wrong. They're eating with unwashing hands. Like that was the most important thing. Like the Lord couldn't deal with that if he wanted to. Like they had to tell the Lord how bad his disciples were doing. And if they were doing that bad, why was the Lord... Uh, healing all of these folks and letting them be a part of it, amen. And uh, usually that's the way the religious crowd is. They've got to tell you how bad or how off you are and you're not doing it like you should do it, amen. But the Lord was doing uh, these great miracles here. And so the Lord Jesus had this confrontation with the Pharisees and of course, the way Jesus usually approached the Pharisees is when they ask questions, he answered their question with a question and his question they never could answer and so they'd just leave him alone and have to depart from him. As a matter of fact, in the Gospels, I don't remember exactly... Uh, how far over it is in Jesus' earthly ministry, but it finally gets to the point where the Bible said, and after that, no man does ask him any more questions. He finally gets to the place that he shuts all their mouths. Amen. And they can't say anything else to him. Amen. Oh, my. Uh, You know, that's really when, uh, my friend, a person can be helped. That's when a sinner can be converted. Uh, went under the law, am I feeling that they become guilty and their mouth is stopped and they have no more excuse. They can say nothing else. All oh, they can say, Lord, you're right. You, I'm guilty, amen. I don't have a leg to stand on. I don't have any excuse to offer. Uh, amen, I'm guilty and unworthy. That's when the saint can be blessed when we come to the place that we realize It's not us. It's all him tonight. All by his mercy and by his grace. And so uh, uh, the Bible tells us then that Jesus goes with his disciples to the coast of Tyre and Sidon or to the border of Tyre and Sidon. Evidently he thought that his disciples needed to get away. He needed to get away from all of that arguing all of that questioning, all of that confrontation uh, from the Pharisees and take am I think, some some uh, resort or respite? Am I fear or rest? and uh, I fear not with him and his disciples, amen. Sometimes uh, in the journey of life, sometimes uh, in the warfare that we're in, sometimes you need just to get away and let your mind rest, let your heart rest, let your spirit rest, amen. Are you listening to me? And there's nothing wrong about family just taking a day off, and being with the Lord, amen? If he needed to do it, you and I will need to do it, amen? Oh, bless his name. It's not out of the will of God that I have that time of of respite, that time of rest, that time where you can just get all that off your mind, have no questions, and I've bombarding your mind questioning this, wondering about that, But just rest in him And know my friend that you're his Amen Oh my I I believe that Oh I really do I I I don't think God expects us To answer all the questions that bet there are out there, you'll never get uh, all of them an answered sometime. Uh, Paul told so Timothy, you just have to avoid uh, a foolish, uh, uh, my friend, questions and genealogies, amen? You just have to say, well, I don't know, it's up to the Lord. Anybody listen to me tonight? Not making an excuse, amen? Uh, but simply resting. Well, let me get on. I'm getting sidetracked tonight. Uh, But here are uh, Jesus and his disciples and Mark says, and this is why I think he did it purposely uh, to get away from the Pharisees. For Mark says, uh, my friend, he went to a house there and would have no man know it. Amen. Uh, He went to a certain house uh, and would have no man to know it. But then Mark chimed in and said, but he could not be hid. Amen. He could not be hid. Amen. I believe he'll come out on you, don't you think? Oh my, if he's in there, he will come out. If he's in the house, somehow it'll get noised abroad. It will get known. And so that's where we're at. And the Bible says bet this woman of the coast of Canaan I my friend of Canaan, Silo Phoenician by nation, a Greek woman that this woman hears of him. I don't know if she's heard beforehand or if uh, he's close enough now uh, that she gets the message as it goes from place to place that he's in at this house. He's not in her country, but he's on the border of her country. He's near the coast where she's at. Amen. And he's close enough that she can go to where he is. Amen. And that's what she does. The Bible said uh, she, my friend, uh, uh, comes out of the same coast uh, and begins to cry unto the Lord. Amen? Oh my. Now here's this woman. I want you to get a picture of who she is. First of all, the Bible said uh, she's a woman of Canaan. A woman of Canaan. In other words, this country I was formerly Canaanite country. The inhabitants thereof I, I were Canaanites. Am I friend by their very inheritance? Am I friend by who they were? By her being a Canaanite, am I She's a cursed person tonight. For Genesis nine and verse twenty five, Noah said of Canaan, Cursed be Canaan, amen, and that curse carried on, and so here is a woman that's under a generational curse, she's under a generational curse, she's bearing her family of origin, and it's not good, amen, can I say to you, all of us, my friend, by our family of origin, Amen? And as good as parents may have been, there is, my friend, uh, uh, oh, uh, some things that we bear from them tonight, uh, my friend, that we'll have to deal with the rest of our lives. Yes, sir. And here's a woman, and she's cursed. She's cursed uh, because she's a Canaanite. And second of all, notice her culture. The Bible said she's a Greek. She's a Greek. That's the culture that she raised up was raised up in. This Canaanite particular country, a particular area that was conquered by Alexander the Great. Uh, my friend, that Greek general, that, uh, my friend, that ruled the world. Uh, my friend, the third world dictator, uh, as we know it. Uh, and so she's under that Greek influence. And the Greek influence, uh, my friend was, uh, they were big on bodybuilding. They were big, my friend, on uh, athleticism uh, and the physical appearance of the body. And they were big on mythology. They were big on serving idol gods, on worshiping all kinds of gods. And they had all kinds of gods uh, to explain uh, the creation. Uh, uh, and the different things, uh, and they worshiped all of them, and that's the uh, the the life that she grew up in. Uh, What's that Greek culture? She's influenced by it, uh, and she's not only influenced by our culture. Uh, my friend, she's bearing, uh, my friend, uh, uh, the curse uh, of being a Canaanite. Looks like she's already got two strikes against her. Amen. Looks like uh, about friend she doesn't have uh, a a whole lot uh, to look forward to in her life. I thought she's going to buy a curse because of simply who she's born of. uh, And then uh, she's influenced uh, by the culture uh, that she's been involved in. Amen. And then she has another tragedy in her life and that is her daughter is grievously, she says in Matthew, grievously vexed with the devil. The word grievances simply means badly. Vex simply means to be possessed. Why am I? Mark put it that she had an unclean spirit. And then, of course, then he went on to say she had a devil. Amen. And here's the thing about it. Mark said she's a young daughter. You're not a grown daughter. Amen. She's not a woman yet. She's still young. Amen. And so here's this woman with a Canaanite curse on her and a woman with a culture, my friend, uh, that's steeped deep uh, in idolatry and mythology. Uh, my friend, uh, and serving every kind of God uh, and she looks and sees uh, that her young daughter uh, has got a devil in her uh, and she understands uh, that being a Canaanite ain't gonna help her daughter uh, and uh, if she uh, explores all the wisdom that the Greeks want to explore uh, for the Bible said the Jews seek a sign and the Greeks, uh, uh, my friend, desire or seek wisdom Amen. Oh, my. Thank God. Oh, and so when we preach Christ and the gospel, the preaching of the cross is to the Jews a stumbling block and it's foolishness to the Greeks. Amen. Oh well, my, and, but she looked at that daughter and understood uh, if there was any help for her, uh, it wasn't gonna come uh, from who she was born. Uh, uh, it wasn't gonna come from the culture uh, that she is raised in and the wisdom uh, and all those idol gods that they worship and that mythology that they're involved in. And so she left her coast. Uh, she left her house uh, and went to the house where she heard Jesus. Just was amen. Are you listening? And the Bible said, Thank hey God that when she got there, she began to cry. Amen. And here's what she cried, Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on me. For my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Amen. Now notice her cry. Notice her cry. She begins to cry after the Lord. But the cry is, Oh Lord, help me. Isn't it odd that she doesn't say, Oh Lord, help my daughter. I mean, she eventually says, Help me, my daughter's grievously vexed. But she says, Before you help my daughter, You're going to have to help me. Amen. Amen. I remember... A couple other individuals that came to Christ, I wanted him to help their children. Amen. You remember that certain nobleman's son. Uh, my friend of Capernaum. Uh, and he said to Jesus, My son's at the point of death. Won't you come and heal him? Uh, and Jesus said, This generation, uh, I wants a sign. Amen. That, that's what they want. He said, Lord, I'm not interested in sign, but oh, come down ere my child die. Come down, ere my child. I'm interested in my child. You remember then uh the man that had the lunatic son uh, that uh, was so possessed that uh, that spirit would throw him in the fire and he'd have to pull him out and uh, uh, take him in the water and try to drown him The spirit would and the father would have to pull him out and he brought uh, his son to the disciples and they couldn't help him Uh, and so he brought him to Jesus and said if thou canst do anything help us amen the nobleman said help my son this man said help us but this woman says help me amen why does she say that here's why I think she says it I may be entirely off base but here is what I'm preaching tonight I think she's saying that because she feels responsible for the condition that her daughter is in because I'm telling you it's not common and it's not natural for an unclean spirit or a devil to enter a young daughter or a young man amen it just don't happen if that's the case tonight we're all in big trouble We better hold them young'uns real tight tonight. And we better start really praying tonight if it's just a common thing. He cannot enter, can the unclean spirit. He cannot enter, can the devil tonight unless he's given an avenue and an access. And evidently this woman being a Canaanite, oh my and bearing what she bore and then being a Greek and involved in that culture that she was in no telling what her conduct was but her conduct was in such a fashion that she opened a door a window an avenue for an unclean spirit to come in her house and it got in her daughter amen amen Oh my, I wish I'd understood many years ago that not only my sin affected me, but my sin would open an avenue and it would cause a gap to be let down that would affect my posterity, my children, my grandchildren, I'm telling you tonight. Amen. Look at me while I'm preaching now. I'm telling you tonight, oh my, and we plot and pamper our sin and our evil thoughts, our lustful thoughts, our things that are hidden to men, but I'm telling you every time that we uh, are not free sin against the Lord, Uh, we are leaving an avenue open call the unclean spirit uh, that I come in and possess. Amen. And I believe that's why she's crying and she says, Oh Lord, Thou oh son of David, help me. Yeah. When I look at my daughter, Lord, when I look at that young girl, Lord, I understand that she's suffering like she's suffering, that she's vexed like she's vexed, because of what I've done and what I haven't done is anybody listening tonight amen and she's coming with the right frame of mind and attitude for she's coming crying oh lord help me help me so often so often when our children go astray now don't misunderstand me tonight I understand the free will of man. And I understand that sometimes children, my friends, simply, since they have their own free will and choice, don't you misunderstand this preacher tonight. Oh, they do. And they'll turn and go the wrong way in spite of everything. Preacher Raymond Cook used to say to parents, he said sometimes, parents, you wonder if you did right. Oh, my. And sometimes your preachers wonder if you preached right. And he said, God preached to Cain, and he still wouldn't take a direct message from God. And so sometimes, because boys and girls, men and women have a own free will agency, they may go the opposite direction tonight. I understand that. I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody tonight. Oh, God, help me. Please don't misunderstand me tonight and what I'm having to say. Oh, my. But sometimes when the children go astray, when they go the wrong way, when they are vexed with the devil, or they refuse, it's easy for us to excuse ourselves and say, I told them right. It's them, amen, and put all the blame on them. But I'll tell you when the help from the Lord will come, I'll tell you when victory will come, It's when we own our responsibility, when we own our failure, when we own our sin, when we own how we missed the mark, and crawl up somewhere in an altar and say, Lord, I can't blame it on little Jimmy, Oh, little Susie, it's all my fault, but will you help me and when you help me, how would you help her and help him? Y'all hear me? I think that's the effective prayer is when we get involved, when it's us and not just them. Amen. Oh, it was a while Elijah was it not Elijah? Am I friend? I would mean, how he. brought resurrection to the young child was he stretched himself over the child three times. Hey God. He stretched himself over his body. Amen. He became one with that when I'm telling you our prayers won't have much an effect when it's simply straightening out, Lord. You know how they've done wrong. But can we come and say, Lord, help me. My daughter. My son my family, my children are in the condition because of where I opened the door let down the gap where I condone I see it in Rome and allowed Satan to come in is there anybody that would cry Lord Help me, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. It's not a selfish prayer. It's an honest prayer. It ain't just my daughter that needs help. I need help. But if you'll help me, that'll help her. Oh, my Lord. Oh, tonight. Amen. Have you ever heard of preachers preaching themselves under conviction? Amen. Oh my. So you just bear that in mind tonight. I'm not throwing stones at you. I'm preaching to you tonight, but I'm preaching to me. Lord, help me. So here she is. It's time to be through, and I ain't even getting started. I've wandered all the way around. Oh my. And she says the same thing, the few that were here last night, that blind Bartimaeus said. Almost. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And she says, "Oh Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on me. It's almost the same prayer, the same petition. And when it come out of Bartimaeus' mouth, Jesus stands still in amongst that crowd headed to Jerusalem as we preached last night and says, tell him to come here. But this woman's praying the same prayer. And the Bible said, Jesus answers her, not a word. He ignores her completely. It's as though she's not there. It's as though he turns his back and walks away from her. And she doesn't stop. She just keeps crying. But it doesn't change him one bit. He never glances at her. He never turns her away. He never moves at all towards her in any form or fashion. Oh my. Why would Jesus... Answer Bartimaeus and stand still and have him called, and not answer this woman, since they're praying the same prayer. Because Bartimaeus is a son of Israel, a covenant son, a covenant child, and she's a stranger. Now, don't get that confused tonight. Don't 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 label me preaching that some are born to go to heaven and some are born to go to hell. Let's know what I'm preaching tonight. It has nothing to do with that. That's right. Not one thing whatsoever. But Bartimaeus is part of God's earthly elect. He's part of the covenant of Abraham. She's not. She's a stranger. She's an alien. Paul said, at that time you were Gentiles. Amen. Strangers and aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and the covenants of promise. Without God and no hope in this world. That's her. That's right. So that's why he did not answer a word. So this woman looks like to me she's struck out because she's a Canaanite and a cursed woman and she's a, under this Greek culture and then she's trying to swing and Because her daughter's grievously vexed, and this is the only man she knows that can do it. It's the only source of help she's got. And so she's down there. Mark says she fell at his feet. And she's crying after him. And the Bible says she just keeps crying after him. Now he's ignoring her. And it looked like that would be enough for anybody to say, well, I might as well go back to the house. He's not going to have anything to do with me. But she just keeps crying. Oh, Lord, yeah. thou son of David, have mercy on me. I wonder how many times I've given up too soon. I wonder how many times when I felt like he was ignoring me and I wouldn't get anywhere. And I just said, Well, that's, I guess I'd see it but there ain't nowhere else to go. There's nobody else to ask. And so she keeps crying. And then the Bible said, the disciples then said to Jesus, send her away, for she crieth after us. She's upsetting us. She's, She's annoying us. She's crying after us. We're tired of hearing her say, Oh Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So send her away. And I think him this sending away, they're not saying send her away empty-handed. They're actually saying, answer her proud. Go ahead and give her what she wants and send her on down the road where she can quit crying after us. I think that's what they're saying. But Jesus looked at him and said, I am not sent, save to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right. That's why I think... They want them to answer her prayer. I'm amazed sometimes at the energy of the disciples, at the energy of the followers of Christ, at the emotional energy of the church and how it affects sinners or folks that are crying out for Jesus. You see, they weren't really interested in her and they weren't really interested in her daughter. They're just interested in getting her off of their hands and her continual crying. Is anybody listening to the preacher tonight? Yes, hey, Amen. So they're just wanting to, to send her away. They're wanting the, 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 the thing to get done. I believe there's a lot of folks that have made some type of movement, profession, had some kind of experience, simply because of the emotional energy that the church pushed and pressured with. Yes, sir. And the person never got to Christ, but they felt the energy and the emotion of the church. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is anybody listening? And the energy and the emotion of the church pushed them, amen, towards an emotional experience. Push them, amen, to cry and feel better. Push them, oh my, yes, sir. Yeah. to a certain place, but not the place they needed to be. Or else it discouraged yeah. them, the emotional energy, I friend, from uh, the people. Anybody listening to me tonight? I'm afraid too many times we have, uh, we have misread the emotional energy that we produce and that we share and that goes from each one of us and call it the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to be careful here. Is anybody listening to me? Can I say to you, it ain't just petitioners. Before Jesus that get pushed by emotional energy. Sometimes us preachers get pushed. Yes, sir. And we go beyond what we're supposed to go beyond. And get to saying things and feeling things and get out under Because we begin to feel that emotional energy of the church. Of the disciples. Yes, sir. Right. And we ride on that instead of being led by the Spirit of God. It's easy done. Amen. Amen. I grew up around it. I was involved in it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. We call it old fashioned. And I realize a lot of it. Amen. Thank God. Was simply, am I telling emotionalism to the core and not understanding the difference in the Holy Ghost? Am I telling an emotional walking up and releasing? Hear me tonight. Thank God. And better we can preach against that uh, uh, That crowd. Uh, we can, I mean, we can lay it on that crowd. of a of believers um, uh, and get some to sign a card or shake a hand or read a verse or uh, believe a verse. And uh, we read all the time uh, as petitioners are uh, beyond what they were capable of, and what God was ready to do. Hey, are y'all hearing me? Thank hey God. Uh, and they've been birthed uh, uh, just like easy believers, and there ain't no difference tonight. We just use a different method. Anybody want to hear what I'm preaching tonight? Yes, sir, you're right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, God, help us tonight. Amen. Bless his name. And the brother had it right. Sometimes, amen, if it's not what we think is God, if it's not hanging from the chandeliers and jumping pews and running around and round, amen, then we say, well, the Lord wasn't there today. And he might have been there in a bigger way yes, when sir. we was quiet than he was when we was making a bunch of racket. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. My time's up. I really... It is... I, I'm, it's, it's time, I know. Help us, Lord. He said, I can't... I can't talk to her. I can't send her away. I can't give her what she wants. She's not... a." The house of Israel. She's Amen. She's not the sheep of Israel. She's not. Amen. Amen. I'm not sent saved to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so this woman realizes that Jesus is ignoring her. And this woman no doubt is close enough she hears what the disciples say and what Jesus says. It looks like she might be offended. Maybe she does think about leaving, but her mind goes back to that bed back under in that house. And that young daughter is grievously vexed, and she's seen her so many times. And she cries one more time, Oh, Lord! Oh yeah. son of David, have mercy on me. Yeah. And then Matthew said she does something different. The Bible said she came and worshipped him. Yes, sir. He right. got down at his feet yeah. Yeah. and worshipped him. That's right. yes, sir. Now, when you pray, prayer is your soul occupied with its needs. That's when you pray. Most of the time, it's when we pray. When you praise, when you praise, that's when your soul is occupied. With its blessings, and we do have a lot of praise. I'm not talking about the charismatics. I'm talking about us. We have a lot of praise because all we're talking about is His blessings. On and there's nothing wrong with talking about on His blessings, but that ain't worship. And few worship. We just praise. An old sinner can praise Him for His blessings,
1: but an old sinner
0: can't worship. (laughs) Not like like this, not like Him. And then I'm talking about uh, after conversion. I'm talking about. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So she gets down, and worship is not your soul occupied with its with its needs, or with its blessings but it's your soul being occupied with who he is. Not what he's done, not what he's doing, not what he's going to do, just who he is. I believe down there she says to him, she says, Lord, I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this old Canaanite Greek, Hallelujah, Phoenician woman. I don't know if you're ever gonna hear my daughter or not. And I may have to go back home without it, but I'm gonna tell you one thing before I do. Before I leave this place, before I leave this house and go back to my house, I'm gonna bow before you and tell you you're worthy to be worshipped. I'm gonna bow my unworthy head and tell you how faithful I am that you're God and besides you there is none of it. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I believe she's a talent. She's a worship in Him. It gets His attention. Hallelujah. I thought when she worships, then she cries, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And who that ignored her, he that said, I can't do anything for her. She's a lost sheep of the house of Israel. Turns to her. Hey, God looks at her and gives her his undivided attention and says to her, oh, he says to her, thank God. Now listen, daughter, it's not neat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. That's right. I can't take what belongs to the nation of Israel. I can't take what belongs to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I can't take what belongs out of the covenant of children and give it to you heathens. You're an outcast. You're a dog. And a Canaanite and a Greek was the lowest dog there was. It wasn't just a dog. It was a nut. man. Thank God I'm telling you. I, oh, oh my. Amen. So what he's doing, he's calling her a dog. He ignores her. Disciples don't want her. He calls her a dog. Looks like she'd go back to the house. (laughs) Hallelujah. But Matthew said, she looked at him and said, Truth, Lord. You told the truth. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mark said said, she said, Yes, Lord. Truth, Lord. And yes, Lord. Hallelujah. But she said, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Mark, he said her father. He said, "She said, even the dogs under the table, Amen. Eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, if I can't have what the covenant children have, if I can't have a full loaf, if I can't have the bread that belongs to them, I'll get under the table and I'll take what's left over. I'll take the crumbs, Amen." I'm just a crumb-begging dog anyhow. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you get to be a crumb-begging dog, <laughs> it'll cause him to favor you tonight. Say, God all tonight. When you get under the table and say, I'll take the crumbs, he'll pass the crumbs to you. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> truth Lord I am a dog and I should not have anything I shouldn't have the, surely what they ought to have but I'll take the crumbs I'll take the leftovers I'll take what they don't want I'll take what they amen, let go and Mark said he said for this saying thy daughter shall be made whole amen and the devil went out of her from that hour the Bible said and when she got back home The devil was gone out of her and the the daughter was on the bed. Laying on the bed. Hallelujah. Matthew said, he said to her, great is thy faith. He didn't say that one time to nobody healed in the land of Gennesaret. They brought, no telling how many. They said they come from the whole region with beds, amen, and bringing folk. And he healed them. They did have faith, but he never said to them, great is thy faith. He sure never said to them Pharisees that come out wanting his disciples to wash their hands for the eat and quit breaking the commandments of God, which was the traditions of men. He never said to one of them, great is thy faith. But here come a cursed Canaanite with Greek background. Amen. And a daughter with a grievous, vexed devil. Hallelujah. And he said, great is thy faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah, brother. Greatest I think. That's right. Brother James Shaver said this, I'll pass it to you. You may have heard him or may have heard me repeat it before. If you ladies were to bake a loaf of bread, you take your mixing bowl, pan, whatever. You mix it all together. You get all the ingredients there and you mix it up and you put it in the oven and you bake it and you bring it out. And all the ingredients are in that loaf of bread. All the ingredients you put in there is in that loaf. But, if all you was to get of that loaf was some of the crumbs that fell after you sliced it or as you're getting it out of the pan and you got the crumb... You got just a crumb or a few crumbs. You still get all the same ingredients that's in the whole loaf. <laughs> so when you get the crumbs, it's the same ingredients as is in the loaf. That's what she got. That love, that joy, that peace, that forgiveness. <laughs> Woo! May just be the crumbs, but it's all the ingredients is in the whole off. It may not be a whole loaf but it's still the same ingredients, though it's just the crumbs. Yes, sir. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, oh, hallelujah. Oh my. Oh woman, great is their faith. Her daughter was made whole from that very hour, said Matthew. I wonder tonight. I wonder tonight. Is there somebody that needs to find your place to pray and say, Oh Lord, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And by having mercy on me, touch that grievously vexed daughter.